The previous Mishnah taught of the exemption for paying for damages which take place in the Muzik's own domain. And the previous Mishnah brought two examples, two scenarios, and the various laws which apply in different cases within those two scenarios. And this Mishnah brings another two scenarios. If somebody brings in his ox to somebody else's courtyard, without permission of the owner of the courtyard. And what happened? He left his ox there. And the owner of the courtyard's ox gored this other person's ox. Or the owner of the courtyard's dog bites this ox which entered without permission. Potter, the owner of the dog or the ox, is exempt because you can turn around to the other person and say, what are you doing in my property at all? You bore this upon yourself and you have no right to be here. Now what happens if Nogahu shows If the ox belonging to the person who brought in his ox ghouls the ox belonging to the owner of the courtyard, then Chayev is certainly obligated to pay for the damages. Not only did his ox gore, but his ox gored in the other person's property. As well as that, Nothal the Boiroi, if he falls into the owner of the courtyard's pit, there was a pit in the middle of the courtyard, and this ox, which is there without permission, falls into the pit of a Hiddish Meimov and makes its water very dirty. So the water is now damaged, so Chayev, the owner of the ox, would be obligated to pay for the damage. If the owner of the courtyard's father or son, and the same would apply to anybody, if they are inside the pit, so this, pers- this ox fell into the pit and killed the person who was standing there. So we learned earlier on in the Masechta that when an ox kills someone, then that ox is stoned. It's known as a shurhaniskal, and the ox which killed someone is stoned. Now, if the ox which killed is also a muad, so it's prone to kill, then the owner of the ox must pay a fine of kofer, which is the value of the person who died, they have to pay that fine to the people who inherit the person who died. In this case, the Mishnah says that we're talking about a muad ox, and the Mishnah says, the owner has to pay kofer, but the ox is not killed. The ox is not killed because we're talking about a case where the ox was not intending to kill anybody. The ox saw some grass on the top of the pit, so it was trying to eat the grass, it was intending to do something else, and it ended up falling into the pit. In such a case, the ox would not be killed because it was not intending to kill a person. Alright, now the Mishnah goes back to the main discussion of the Mishnah. If the person brought his ox into this courtyard with the permission of the owner of the courtyard, then the owner of the courtyard would be obligated to pay for any damages done to the ox. And as well as that, the owner of the ox would be exempt for paying for the damages which he did, for example, to dirty the water of the pit. Or if that animal gored the animal belonging to the owner of the courtyard, he would be exempt since he has permission to be there. Now Rebbe Omer Rebbe says, and Rebbe is arguing both on this Mishnah and in the previous Mishnah, B'chulon, in all of the cases, Enoi Chayev, the owner of the courtyard, would never be obligated to pay the other person, unless he accepts upon himself explicitly to guard the item that his property, his own animals, etc. shouldn't damage the thing or the animal which the other person brought into his property. According to Rebbe, there is no assumption that he automatically accepts upon himself all responsibility. So unless explicitly agreed that he would guard it, he would be exempt from ever paying the other person if his animal damaged the other person's animal or items. And it doesn't mean necessarily that the other person will be obligated if the ox which is coming into this courtyard does damage to the owner's court to the owner's ox it could be that he'll also be exempt the point is that the owner of the courtyard will never be liable unless he explicitly said that he will guard the item mr dalit the torah writes that if somebody injures a pregnant woman and causes her to miscarry 
then he needs to pay the value of the fetus to the woman's husband. Anything that she owns is owned by her husband, so he would receive payment for that. And that is known as de mevelodis, the value of the fetus itself. There is a debate in our Mishnah whether in addition to the payment for the de mevelodis, there is also something known as shvach velodis. Shvach velodis refers to the amount that the woman herself went up in value for being pregnant. But the woman who is pregnant, she might look better, so her value would go up. So by causing her to miscarry, he also needs to pay for the amount that her value now went down. So the Mishnah begins by telling us that this entire obligation of paying Demei Vlodos or Shvach Vlodos only applies when a man injures the woman. But if a ox was intending to gore another ox, but instead it ended up, it ended up hitting a woman, and she miscarried her fetus, her child, Potter, the owner of the, the owner of the animal is exempt from paying for the value of the fetus. Only if it's the Odom is if it's a person who was intending to hit his friend, but instead he ended up hitting the woman, and her child was miscarried. In such case, then he would be obligated to pay The reason why the mission talks about an example where he was intending to hit somebody else, and the truth is that's also the case which the Torah talks about. The reason is because if he was intending to hit her and he killed her child, then he would actually receive the death penalty, so he would be exempt from the less severe punishment of paying. Right now, ask the Mishnah, how does one pay Demei Vlodos? What is included in the payment which he has to pay? And the truth is, the, what the Mishnah is going to answer is not talking about the payment of Demei Vlodos. That's simple, the value of the fetus itself, that's how much you pay. The answer of the Gemara is to include Shvach Vlodos. As well as the value of the fetus, you also have to do the following. We evaluate how much the woman herself was worth before she miscarried. And how much she is worth once she has given birth, in this case miscarried carried. Because according to the Tanakhama, we view the woman as being worth more while she is pregnant. However, Amr Shem Gamliel, Gamliel said it might be true that, technically speaking, she should really be worth more herself when she is pregnant. However, there is another factor which makes her worth less before she gives, gives birth. Because we're talking specifically, the Gemara explains, Rabbi Gamliel is talking about a case where this woman hasn't given birth before, so it's her first time, and as such there is a very high danger, certainly in those days, that she will die from childbirth. And therefore a pregnant woman was worth much less. We judge her worth based on how much she would be sold as a slave in the marketplace. People are much less likely to buy a woman who is pregnant as a slave because she has a high chance of dying in childbirth. So as she is pregnant, she's worth less. It says from Mishim Gamliel and Cain, if that's how you're going to evaluate it, then Mishel Yishel Yoled Bachas. Once the woman gives birth, then her own value goes up. So there's no payment of Shvach Vlodis according to Mishim Gamliel. Rather, Ella Shonis Avlodis Kamein Yofin. Rather, we only val- evaluate how much the fetus itself is worth, the child itself, and we give that to her husband. And if she doesn't have a husband, if her husband already died, then then he needs to pay not to the husband, but to the, to the husband's inheritors. For example, his sons who inherited him, they would also inherit this payment. And we're going to understand that we're talking about a case where at the time that he injured the woman and her child, her husband was alive. And therefore the husband is really the one who is entitled to this payment, so therefore if he dies, then his inheritors would receive the payment instead of him.
Now what happens if this woman has no relatives, and that can only really be with a convert? A regular Jew, you can always find the closest relative. But somebody who became Jewish, when one converts to become Jewish, it's as if they're reborn. And they are no longer considered to be related to anybody else, even their direct family. So, if the woman who was pregnant and got injured had been a non-Jewish slave and was freed, when she is freed she becomes Jewish, or so she was a regular convert, and her husband died, so he's not able to give this payment to her husband, and they have no one to inherit them. So in that case, Potter, this person will be exempt, because in general, really the inheritors should get it, but over here, they have no inheritors, so there's no one to pay to, and he would be exempt. Mishnah, hey, the rest of the Mishnahs for this Perak discuss the category of damage known as bur, which literally means a pit, and anything which is an obstacle in a public area comes under this category. And the Mishnah tells us that one who digs a pit in a private domain, for example in his backyard, and he opened the pit, the pit's opening, he made in a public area. So it's sort of a diagonal pit, where the opening of the pit where someone would fall in is in a public domain, and he digs sort of diagonally such that the floor of the pit, where anything which would fall into the pit would land, is in a private domain. Oibur Sarabim, where he digs it such that the floor of the pit is situated in a public domain. Of Sayachid, and he makes its opening in a private domain. Oibur Sayachid of Sayachid Acher, he digs it in a private domain and opens it up into a different private domain. We'll understand that we're talking about where it opens it up into the private domain belonging to somebody else. So if that other person would fall into the pit, then the person who dug the pit would be liable to pay for the damages. And in all of these cases, Chayev, the one who dug it, would be obligated to pay for damages. Whether it's a person who falls into the pit, or an animal, the person who dug the pit would be liable to pay for the damages. Although this is up to debate, our Mishnah holds that whether a pit is situated in one's own property, for example at the edge of his property, where it meets a public domain, so the public can still trip and fall into it, so it's considered to be a danger for the public, but at least it's his own property. So there are some who hold that one is only liable for such a pit. But if he digs a pit in the middle of a public domain, it's not his pit. It's true that he caused the damage, but that's just called groma. Groma is when one indirectly causes damage, and although it's forbidden to do so, one is not obligated to pay for damages caused by groma. However, our mission understands that whether the pit is situated in his domain or in a public domain, we view that pit as belonging to him, and as such he would be liable for any damage or any injuries which are caused by someone or an animal falling into his pit. As the mission now explains, if one digs a pit which is totally situated in a public domain, and none of it is in his own domain, even then, according to the opinion of our Mishnah, one will be obligated, and an ox or a donkey falls into the pit, and he dies, Chayev, the one who dug that pit, would be liable to pay for the damages. Now, there are many different types of pits which have different names which one might dig. Whether one digs a regular pit which is used for holding water in general, it's a round pit, Shiach, this is a long and narrow pit, this is a cave-like pit, it's a pit with a roof on it. And it's not round, it's much more of a square-like pit. Charitzin is very similar but without a roof, it's a square-like pit. Unaitzin, this is like a cone, it's narrow at the bottom and wider at the top. If one digs any of these types of pits, Chayavi is obligated to pay for damages. In Cain, if so, Lomanem Abor, why in the Torah does it speak specifically about a bar, which is only one type of pit? 
The answer is, just like a regular bar, which is used for holding water, and therefore it will be quite tall, quite deep, so the depth of the pit is enough to kill a person or an animal which falls into it, and that is a sod for him. A regular pit is tent for him deep. So too, any type of pit whose depth is enough to kill the person or animal which falls into it. A sod for him, it has to be at least tent for him deep in order for the person who dug it to be obligated to pay for the death of the animal or person. But if it was less than 10 fachim deep, and an ox or a donkey falls into it and dies, potter, the person who dug it would be exempt. However, if someone gets injured in a pit which is less than 10 fachim deep, then the one who dug the pit is obligated to pay for that because he is considered responsible. It is considered to be normal and expected that someone who falls into a pit will be injured. It's just that if it's less than 10 tfachim, it's considered to be irregular that someone should die. So for that, the person who dug it wouldn't be obligated to pay. But if the person only gets injured, then he would be obligated to pay for that. That is considered to be something expected when someone or an animal falls into a pit. It should be noted that the Mishnah specifically said that when an animal falls into a pit and dies, if the pit is at least 10 tfachim deep, then the one who dug it would be liable. And that's because if a person falls into the pit and dies, it is learnt from Pasukim that there is a special exemption given, without necessarily a reason, a logical reason. The Torah says that if a person falls into a pit and dies, then the one who dug it is not responsible to pay. If the person gets injured, then he is. But if he dies, then he would be exempt. Mr. Volv, a pit belonging to two partners. There are two partners who share responsibility over this pit. For example, if the final tenth tefach of the pit, two people dug together, they took out that last bit together, then they would both be equally responsible over that pit. So they have this pit, and overall of Harishain, the first one passed by the pit, and he didn't cover the pit, and then the second person passed by the pit, and he didn't cover it. In that case, only the second one is liable to pay for the damages, because he is considered to be more responsible. Now, the Mishnah, the, the Gemara explains, we're talking about a very specific case. Because in general, in such a case, they would both be obligated. They both have an obligation to cover the pit, to make sure that no one falls into it. And neither of them covered it, so they would both be liable to pay for damages. But the Gemara explains, we're talking about a case where the first person opened up the pit in order to perhaps get water from it, and then he saw the second person came as he was finishing the second partner. The other person who was responsible over this pit came, and he also wanted to use the pit. So the first one didn't cover the pit, but he gave the cover, he handed over the cover to the second person, and he told them, when you're finished, make sure you cover the pit. And the second person finished, and he didn't cover the pit. In that case, since the first person did what he needed to do, and he appointed this other person to cover the pit, so he is exempt, whereas the second person who didn't cover it would be obligated to pay for any damages caused when someone falls in. Now what happens if Kisor Rishon, the first person covered the pit, and then somehow unexpectedly the pit got uncovered, the first person didn't find out about it, he didn't know it got uncovered, but the second person comes and he passes by that pit, and he finds that it's uncovered. And he didn't un- and he didn't cover it again. In that case, again, only the second one will be liable to pay for the damages because he knew that the pit was uncovered, whereas the first person didn't know. If he did, if the person responsible over a pit covered it properly, so that nothing really can fall through it. But somehow, that's what happens. A donkey, an ox or a donkey ended up falling into it and died. For example, the worms ate up the 
cover or part of the cover so it became much weaker and an animal fell in and died. Potter, he would be exempt because it's, he's not considered responsible for that. However, if he didn't cover it as he needed to do, and we're talking about a case where the cover was strong enough to hold oxen. If an ox were to walk over the cover, it wouldn't fall in and it wouldn't break the cover of the pit. However, if a camel, which weighs more, would walk on the pit, then the cover is not strong enough. And we're talking about a case where it's common for both anim- for both oxen and camels to pass there. And the covering was only strong enough for the ox, but not for a camel. And a camel passed over the pit and weakened the cover. And then an ox walked into the pit and fell in. In that case, he is considered responsible for that. Even though originally he covered it with a good enough covering for the ox, which now fell in. Since it wasn't good enough for the camel, and the camel came and weakened the pit, and weakened the cover, so he would be liable for this damage. So if an ox or a donkey falls in and dies, he would be liable. Now in a regular scenario where someone falls into a pit, there are really two stages of what happens. The fact that there's no ground there causes the person to fall in. So the actual falling in is... caused by the person who dug the pit and as well as that when he hits the bottom or he dies as he is falling if he is suffocated by the air inside of the pit as he's falling down but as i made that's the second stage where he actually is killed by the pit itself this next part of the mission talks about a case where only the second stage happens because of the pit the first stage happens because of something else not for the form of kriya if the animal falls into the pit because of the voice of digging. Somebody is digging, an animal gets a shock, and because of that, it falls into the pit. Since at the end of the day, the second stage was caused by the pit, Chayev, the one who is responsible over this pit, would be obligated to pay for the damages. But if the animal falls backwards because of the shock which it gets from the voice, from the noise of the digging, Potter, the owner of the pit, would be exempt. Even if the animal tripped on the edge of the pit as well, it could be the animal was on the edge of the pit, and a combination of the noise and being on the edge of the pit, that's what caused it to fall backwards. But still, since the digging also caused him to fall and didn't fall into the pit, but outside of the pit, so the owner of the pit would not be liable to pay for the damages. Now, we saw in the previous Mishnah that there is a special exemption given when a person dies in the pit. Now, it is learned from Psukim that there's another special exemption, and that is items. If it's not a person or an animal, but it's an item which falls into the pit and gets gets damaged or broken, the owner of the pit would not be liable to pay for those damages, and therefore, if an ox falls into the pit, the kalov, together with its utensils, perhaps its yoke, or the thing which it's using to plough in the fields, and and they get broken, or chamor, a donkey, the kalov, together with its saddle, or the other things which it was holding, and it got torn, the person responsible for the pit is liable to pay for the damages done to the animal, but is exempt for that which is done to the items. Continues the mission. If an ox which can't hear, or it's a mad ox, or it's a very young ox, if that's the animal, that's the type of animal which falls into the pit, then Chayev. Then the one who dug the pit is obligated to pay. However, if it's a normal animal, then the one who dug the pit is not obligated to pay. The reason being that a normal animal generally doesn't walk into a pit, and it's not expected that he would do so. So even when one digs a pit, he can't expect that something so unusual would occur, and therefore he would not be liable for such damages. Bay no bass, if it's a young boy or a young girl, Evid Omar, 
where it's a male or female slave who falls into the pit and dies, then Potter, the one responsible for the pit, would not be liable to pay for those damages for that death. Because as we learnt, if a person dies in the pit, there is no obligation upon the person who is responsible for the pit.